From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Daniel Sellerson. D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra. Yeah. And the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Daniel Salerson. Welcome into the best of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Salerson, a.k.a. Producer Dan. The Saints and the Pelicans are both in action this weekend. The Saints look to continue their winning ways against the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday. The Pelicans look to bounce back tonight against the 76ers after dropping three straight on the road this week. It's getting harder and harder for me each week to pick a few interviews to re-air on this show because we're getting some great guests. I've narrowed it down to three, and today, newest Saints Hall of Famer Leroy Glover will be on the show. He sat down with Sean Kelly on Thursday to talk about his Hall of Fame induction. New Orleans native Avery Johnson was here this week after being named a co-chair of the 2014 NBA All-Star Game. I was fortunate enough to sit down with him earlier this week, and we'll have that interview for you as well. Our last interview will be with NBA Commissioner David Stern. Stern was here last Friday night when the Pelicans defeated the Lakers. The team honored Commissioner Stern with a Pelicans jersey, and he was kind enough to sit down with Sean Kelly. We'll have all those interviews coming up right here on the Best of the Black and Blue Report. The Pelicans are your NBA team, and Beau Rivage Resort and Casino is your M-Life Resort right here on the Gulf Coast. Featuring 1,740 luxuriously appointed rooms, exquisite award-winning dining choices, a championship-caliber golf course, and all the amenities you've come to expect from MGM Resorts International, Beau Rivage is the only true resort experience you'll find in the South. You belong at the Beau. Beau Rivage Resort and Casino is proud to be a sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. Are you ready for health care reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about health care reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. Welcome back to the best of the Black and Blue Report. Our next guest will be honored at halftime tomorrow during the Saints 49ers game as the newest member of the Saints Hall of Fame. Leroy Glover called into the show on Thursday and spoke with our Sean Kelly. Well, our next guest will be honored this weekend and inducted into the Saints Hall of Fame. He was originally drafted in 1996 by the Oakland Raiders in the fifth round. And while he only appeared in, I think, Leroy Glover, two games and recorded two tackles his rookie season, he uh, went on to ascend to great heights and will be immortalized in the Saints Hall of Fame this weekend. Leroy Glover, a pleasure to have you, sir, and uh, congratulations on the honor. I'm sure you're excited about this weekend. Yeah, I'm very excited about this weekend. And first of all, you know, thanks for having me on your show. My pleasure. All right, so go take me back. Your your rookie season, is that? did I have that right? Two games, two tackles? Yeah, actually, in my rookie season with the Oakland Raiders, I only suited up for two games but only played in one game. I played a grand total of three snaps in the one game that I did play in, and I finished 
the year with two tackles and a quarterback pressure with the three snaps that I had. So I was productive, but this didn't get a lot of uh, snaps my rookie season. Do you remember back to how you felt at the end of that season, your first season in the NFL and coming out of San Diego State to, to have such a limited chance, I guess? Yeah, I think it was a it was a learning process, you know. It was just getting in, learning the culture, learning how to work, how to practice, how to watch tape, how to be a pro. You know, that was the biggest part for me, you know, learning how to operate in the weight room to get bigger, stronger, and faster. And I take I took full advantage of it. And, and, and the last piece of that is learning from the veteran leadership that I had around me as well. In our D-line room, we had a lot of great veteran leaders, and just learning from them uh, was another part of the process. What was most special to you uh, about your time with the New Orleans Saints that leads us to today? Well, I think it, was, it has to be a couple of different things. Number one, it would be the, the teammates that I had, there, the camaraderie that we had not only in our defensive line room and the D-line mates that I had, but the team as well. You know, a lot of good memories, a lot of good players, a lot of good times, a lot of games won, a lot of big games. You know, getting into the playoffs for the first time in franchise history was, was important. Uh, playing a lot of very solid defense was important. You know, all those things combined, I think, really made the experience in New Orleans very special. How do you think uh, Leroy Glover, a 285-pound defensive tackle, would fare in today's NFL? <laughs> I don't know. It'll be probably a little tough for, for a little guy like that. But if he had some special qualities, you know, obviously you would have to have a motor. You have to have a very strong work ethic. You would have to be strong because these guys are, the offensive linemen now are a lot bigger and stronger. Uh, then obviously you got to be tough and have have a little bit of grit to you as well, just to continuing to come back. Even if you do get knocked down or face some adversity, continuing to come back and, and to battle and play hard. Well, Rick Lover, I guess you're on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, one of the things I always like to ask uh, individuals that receive such an honor as this is, uh, where were you and, and how did you receive the, the news that you were going to be inducted into the uh, Saints Hall of Fame? Ironically, I was at home. Uh, I live in St. Louis, Missouri now, so I was at home with my wife and kids and uh, got the phone call from the representatives from the Saints Hall of Fame. And at first, I was at a loss for words. I really wasn't expecting it. But then after it sort of uh, sunk in a little bit, I just started to reminisce on a lot of the good times, a lot of the good coaches, you know, some of the experiences I did share with uh, Mr. Tom Benson there and then a lot of the other executives that are still currently a part of the Saints organization as well. So that, that kind of all hits you at one time. Leroy, the timing seems to be perfect. Last weekend, um, Willie Rofe and Ricky Jackson were uh, inducted into the Saints, New Saints Ring of Honor, and here a week later, uh, you're inducted into the Saints Hall of Fame. There is distinctly a connection between the three of you, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. When I was there as a member of the Saints, Ricky Jackson was actually uh, one of the coaches of the D-line. And really, Wolf was, you know, he was all of that when he played. I mean, he's truly a Hall of Fame football player and one of the best offensive tackles that I've had the, the honor of facing on a, on a day-to-day basis. And so two great guys, two fantastic guys to represent the, uh, the ring of honor for the New Orleans Saints, and, and then two guys I would consider to be strong friends. Leroy, before I let you go, tell me about your plan for the weekend. How do you intend to celebrate this new honor? Will you have family and friends? What's your what's your plan down here in the Big Easy? I will be in town with uh, my wife, my three kids, my parents, my brother, and my sister. We plan on doing a lot of eating of some very good food. I mean, that's <laughs> the one thing that sticks out about New Orleans is to go to a nice restaurant, to get some good food, to get some good Creole cooking, and take all that in. Hopefully I'll run into some good people who I, you know, share some experiences with within that locker room and within 
the Saints organization as well. And then last is just to share in this experience with some of the some of the Saints fans as well. That sounds like a fantastic plan. Uh, it's terrific that you were able to join me today. I really, really appreciate it. Congratulations, and I look forward to seeing you this weekend get inducted into the Saints Hall of Fame. Thank you, and thanks for having me. You bet. Leroy Glover, our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. Again, he and Peter Finney go into the Saints Hall of Fame this weekend. Thanks, guys. When we come back, Avery Johnson joins the show to talk about being named a co-chair of the NBA All-Star Game and hear his reaction to Amani Williams' impersonation of him. Hey, New Orleans Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning black and gold Saints tickets in our second chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans for Guys Night Out, presented by Mellow Mushroom on Oak. Guys Night Out happens at home games throughout the season and includes two tickets, two draft beers, two pint glasses, a post-game photo with two dance team members, and a $10 gift card to Mellow Mushroom on Oak for as low as $88. Grab your pals and get on board for the next Guys Night Out on Friday, November 22nd against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Visit pelicans.com for tickets today. This is Pelicans forward Ryan Anderson, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the best of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Salerson. On Tuesday, New Orleans native Avery Johnson was named a co-chair and ambassador of the 2014 NBA All-Star Game right here in New Orleans. After the event, he was kind enough to sit down with me to talk about the honor. So Avery, today you were named officially an ambassador of the 2014 NBA All-Star Game. How cool is it to be taking part in uh, the great festivities here in February? Well, it's it's a phenomenal uh, honor, uh, especially to be called upon by people that I consider uh, great ambassadors for the city themselves, you know, namely, you know, Tom Benson and, you know, Rita Benson LeBlanc and, you know, Mickey Loomis and all the folks that's, you know, associated with the Pelicans and, and the Saints. And I, I'm just honored because, you know, New Orleans, I think, is the premier convention city, party city. Um, it New Orleans knows how to throw an event, how to host an event. And to have the NBA uh, 2014 All-Star Game here and, and return to our city in such a short period of time, that really says a lot about, you know, the city in general. Yeah, it was just going to be my follow-up question. It says a lot about the city, you know, two times now in six years. It just shows that New Orleans now has become more of a basketball city. Absolutely. And, you know, with the investment that Mr. Benson and his team uh, has made into the city by buying – the Pelicans, um, and putting all of the money that they've put into the New Orleans arena. Uh, they have a phenomenal uh, practice facility. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're competitive not only on the court, but with all of the facilities and the money that they're putting into the franchise, it really sends a message that that they're trying to win and win big. And, and, and for a small, quote-unquote, small market team, 
Uh, I think they've, they they have great leadership and guys like Dale Demps and Monty Williams, guys who I worked, I was teammates with with the Spurs. Uh, they're doing a good job of really rebuilding this franchise. Now you played high school ball here at St. Augustine, led them to a, a championship in 83. The Jazz were here before that and they left in 79. Did you ever think that the city of New Orleans would get another basketball team after the Jazz left? I, I didn't think so. Um, you know, I, I thought with this, you know, the Saints, you know, being in New Orleans and and with the, the type of market cap that the Saints had in New Orleans, I thought it would be tough with the way the economy was to uh, get a team back. But I was part of the, you know, kind of the subcommittee and and helping New Orleans get a team back. And I'm glad that it happened. And I'm glad that the team returned even after Katrina, because now with the combined Saints, Pelicans, um, uh, you know, structure here, I, I think it's one of the best stories in all of professional sports. Now, you mentioned you play with Monty and Dell when you were in San Antonio. Did you ever think or knowing by how they were playing as a player and off the court that they would Monty would be a head coach one day and Del Demps would be a GM. Did you see that you coming? Know, you know, Monty and Del, they were both uh, pretty intelligent guys. They knew how to deal with people. Uh, they were students of the game. You know, and all of us being in San Antonio, we were under the great leadership of, you know, Greg Popovich. And um, I think that's benefited all of us. And, 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 and also guys like Steve Kerr, who was a – president of the Phoenix Suns at one time, Terry Porter, who was a head coach, Doc Rivers, who's a head coach now with, with the Clippers and had great success with the Boston Celtics, you know, uh, Vinny Del Negro. Um, you know, we, we've had a great alumni from San Antonio that have had, uh, you know, some sort of success in the NBA on the coaching level. And, and obviously with all of the GMs, including Dale Demps, that the Spurs under, you know, R.C. Buford's leadership has, um, you know, led and, and, and helped those guys get jobs with other teams. I think that's just as a, a big story. Have you had a chance to see the Pelicans play so far this season? I have, and, you know, they, they're a young team. Uh, Anthony Davis is, you know, one of the, uh, you know, early season uh, first team all NBA guys in my mind you know when a guy is averaging 21 points and you know 11 rebounds and four block shots and you know as of a couple of days ago he was shooting when we covered him on ESPN you know he was shooting 88 percent from the line uh, when you have those type of numbers that's that, that that bodes well for your team and you know the trade for Drew Holiday who's still feeling his way and getting adjusted and uh, you know, getting Gordon back and trying to get him healthy. Um, you know, I, I think the big key for the Hornets' success this year is go going to be the growth of Aminu at the small forward spot and trying to get some production out of their center spot. So, and, you know, getting Tariq Evans to a point where he can compete for six-man the year, uh, he's going to have to play really well because the Western Conference is loaded uh, from top to bottom. Now, lastly, before I let you go, uh, a few years ago, Monty Williams, right when he got hired, he went on Mike and Mike in the morning and decided to do a little impression of you. And for those who haven't heard it, take a listen.
So, Coach, I'm, I'm sure you've heard it many times. Is, does Monty do the best Avery Johnson impression? Monty does the best Avery Johnson impression. Now, he exaggerates a little bit, and, you know, he, he puts a little actor, you know, in, in his presentation. But Monty's the best. He's been a good friend. Um, there's a guy named Elliot Walden from Windstar Farms and Lexington, Kentucky. I think he's a close second. So <laughs> what we need to do, we need to have an Avery Johnson roast in New Orleans, <laughs> maybe during All-Star Weekend and raise some, uh, you know, some money for some of my favorite local charities and, and, and have a, have a Avery Johnson, uh, you know, contest between those two guys and see if we can raise some money. That sounds like a plan. Uh, now, can you do a Monty Williams impression? I cannot. I'm not good at doing impressions <laughs> of anybody. I wish I could. And, you know, if we ever have some sort of event, I, I think I'll practice it. I think that'll be the, the, the talk of the night if I can come back and do a Monty impression. Avery Johnson, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. And I'm really excited about being the co-chairman of the uh, 2014 uh, all-star uh, game and with, with my good friend Rita Benson LeBlanc and it's going to be mean a lot for the city of New Orleans economically and and um, uh, you know, people from all around the world are going to see what a great city it is. That's Avery Johnson, newest ambassador of the 2014 NBA All-Star Game right here in New Orleans. Thanks Avery. Commissioner Stern is up next in one minute. What do you say to someone whose heart is on the line? That at Auctioner, an entire team of experts will collaborate to develop the best treatment for you? That we have procedures so revolutionary they aren't available anywhere else in the region, including breakthrough ways to more effectively manage heart failure and repair heart valves? That U.S. News & World Report ranks Auctioner Medical Center's heart program among the nation's very best? Or that with over 170 heart experts and seven hospitals to choose from, the exceptional cardiac care you need is always close to home? Actually, the most important thing to say is... Your results are back. Everything looks great. Better outcomes. Just one more reason to choose Auctioner. To find a heart specialist near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. You're listening to the best of the Black and Blue Report. He will officially retire as commissioner of the NBA in February after 30 years of service. The Pelicans honored him last Friday night at New Orleans Arena, and Sean Kelly caught up with Commissioner David Stern on Monday's show. So especially after a tour like that, I wanted to start by asking you, what's your fondest memory now as you get ready to exit of the Hornets slash Pelicans franchise will be if you look back at the last, what is it now, 25 years? You know what? My fondest memory is going to be related to the 2008 All-Star Game when our guests were at the All-Star Game were so desperate to do something that was an activity to demonstrate their support for the battered New Orleans. And we had 2,000 people out there painting, hammering, digging, along with all the All-Stars. Uh, and there was a palpable sense that they were doing something that was very meaningful to them and their families. The All-Star Game will return to New Orleans for the second time in six years. Should there be some sites, Commissioner, that, that kind of become the rotation, if you will? Well, 
only if you live in L.A. and New Orleans uh, and other sites. Uh, the reality is that that seemed like a good idea, but we have so many teams that have loyal fan bases and so much excitement in the league that we've just awarded the game to, uh, you know, the next game to Brooklyn and New York and the game after that to Toronto, all with exquisite facilities and great organizations. And so there's going to be a lot of competition from a lot of teams that are either rebuilding or making new investments. And so it's a little more difficult than it would seem at first flight. One could make an argument, Commissioner, that, that you're a major reason for the explosive, explosive growth of basketball and the NBA. In your eyes, though, in, in looking back, what would you say is the single biggest factor, though, in this growth that we've seen over the last several decades? I think the single biggest factor is the game. We've had a great game and the athletes just keep getting greater. And there are more of them because of the elite international athletes who have joined us. And, and so the investments that our owners have made, and since I came in, we have all 30 teams are playing in new or completely remodeled buildings. That's a huge infrastructure investment. So when you look at what has gone on, the game, the ownership, the growth of television, and I would say the growth of sports marketing. Remember that guy Michael Jordan and Morris Blackman with Spike Lee? It, it's been a confluence of events, and I feel like I was handed the keys to the boat, the ship, and my job was just to navigate uh, as many of these changes as we possibly could. There's been a fair amount of, of talk regarding parity in the NBA over the last couple of weeks as the season's gotten underway. I know it's early. But do you agree that we've reached some sense of parity in the NBA? And if so, what, what do you think has helped contribute to that reality? Well, I call it uh, competitiveness rather than parity. I, I think parity is an NFL word. I'm trying to get something for myself here and for our league. But <laughs> two things that have contributed to it are the salary cap and revenue sharing. We have eliminated the excuse for a team that it's in a market that isn't good, uh, the big teams cannot spend it by so much. The answer is they can't. Uh, they can't. A couple of outliers can, but they have to wind up mortgaging their franchise in the future, perhaps, and paying outsized amounts of money, and we'll see how that, what that gets them. That's an interesting issue that we'll all be watching. And the revenue sharing says here, if you do a good job, put a smart team together, uh, you know, sell out the building and do good things, you're going to break even or make a profit. So we've kicked out some very uh, standard crutches uh, and that teams are going to have to stand on their own. And it, the chain, turnover in coaches and general managers is not unrelated to that new reality. That's, that makes a great point. You seem, Commissioner, you seem to be a man with no regrets. Have you always been that way or was there a moment or a, a stretch of time that you brought that to be a part of your, your makeup? No, I've always, uh, I've always been looking at tomorrow. Uh, I don't keep notes a lot. I'll never be writing a book. I don't even carry a camera around, and I've seen some great stuff. I want to enjoy the moment and get on to the next one. And so, uh, you know, and someone was saying to me recently on a subject, they said, well, you could do it this way, you could do it that way. I said, look, what you do is you analyze everything, and then you make a decision, and then that's it, of course. 
you want to look back to see whether in the future you can make more intelligent decisions, but if you spend the rest of the time second-guessing yourself, you're going to miss something else. I've been privileged to know you as NBA commissioner for some time. I don't know any ex-commissioners. What do ex-commissioners do? What do you think? Well, ex-commissioners uh, could sit on public boards. Uh, ex-commissioners, if they're lawyers, could entertain lucrative offices, offers from law firms. Ex-commissioners could uh, be engaged with private equity. Uh, Ex-commissioners could give speeches. Ex-commissioners could spend a fair amount of time on dealing with uh, worthy charitable organizations. Uh, and ex-commissioners could be committed to the continued growth of their league and stand ready to be assigned to whatever their successors uh, ask them to do, particularly in the international realm, where if they're asked to go for a week rather than a weekend, which is what they did in their last life, they could be induced to do that. Exciting, exciting opportunities, it seems. Coaches, you, or commissioners, you make your way around the league. Will you smell the roses, as they say, as your, as your, your run comes to a close? I'm not making my way around the league. It was misdescribed. Uh, I was, by the way, the exhibition season, I was in Shanghai, Beijing, Manila, and Taipei, because that's what my job requires. On opening night, I was in Miami. On the second night of the season, I was in Sacramento, because there's another new beginning in Sacramento. On Friday of that week, I was in Boston, because they're uh, giving, uh, you know, they unveiled Bill Russell's statue. This is not a farewell tour. This is just business as usual. And, and uh, New Orleans is a market that I uh, promised that I would stop by in before I stepped down. Commissioner, thanks for all you've done for the game. And maybe even more important to us, thanks for what you've done for the game in the city of New Orleans. It's absolutely a pleasure. The fans here have been great to us. And I'm delighted to see under the ownership of Tom Benson that the fans now have an opportunity to see a team that's fully funded, playing in a remodeled arena, practicing in a great facility, which I've just toured, uh, and giving their all for the good fans of New Orleans and Southeast Louisiana. Thanks, guys. When we come back, I'll put a bow on this show and get you set for another great week on the Black and Blue Report. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Sure, other fans are hungry for a win. But here in New Orleans, we make sure that you're well-fed, too. With tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. Loving the Saints is like the freshness of Cane's. All day, no quit. The Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. The Pelicans Shop by Adidas has all your Pelicans merchandise needs, including officially licensed men's, women's, and children's apparel, jerseys from all of your favorite Pelicans players, jewelry, home decor, and more. The Pelicans Shop by Adidas, located on Dave Dixon Drive in the New Orleans Arena, is open at all Pelicans home games, plus Tuesday through Friday, 11 a.m. until 5 p.m., on Saturdays from 11 a.m. until 3 p.m., and anytime at pelicans.com. Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com, your first stop when following your teams.
Our thanks to Leroy Glover, Avery Johnson, David Stern, and all our guests this week for coming on the show. Next week, we'll have full coverage of the Pelicans' homestand when they take on the Utah Jazz on Wednesday and the Cleveland Cavaliers on Friday. It's also a short week for the Saints as they will quickly get ready for the Atlanta Falcons on Thursday Night Football. Don't forget you can follow the show on Twitter at BlackBlueReport, our host Sean Kelly at SeanKellyLive, and myself at DSallerson. Well, that'll do it for this week's show. For Sean Kelly, I'm Daniel Salerson. Have a fantastic weekend. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. 